Hi, you're listening to the Book Read Podcast. My name is Adolisa and I am your host. So on today's episode of Book Reviews, I will be reviewing the novel titled The Rape of Shavi, written by one of Nigeria's finest writers, Buchi Emecheta. It's always about the author before the book. And so, as a well-trained African child, I have to give honor to whom honor is due. So let me talk about the author first. The author was born to Nigerian parents in Nigeria in the year 1944 and christianed Florence Onyebuchi Emecheta. She then moved to Britain, to Britain <laughs> with her husband in 1962 studied sociology at the University of London. Emma worked in a library and also as a community worker while raising her five children. She has over 20 novels to her name, including children's books and television plays. This woman is a prolific writer. Okay, she was a prolific writer. She was a visiting professor of the English language at several universities, in the United States and in the United Kingdom. Her novels include In the Ditch, which was published in the year 1972. Second Class Citizen was published in 1974. The Bride Prize, published in 1976. And one of my all-time favorites, The Joys of Motherhood, published in 1979. Emma Shota herself used to say, and I quote, the main themes of my novels are African society and family. I have not committed myself to the cause of African women alone. I write about Africa as a whole. And she demonstrates this in all of her books. This one that we will be reviewing today is, is so evident that she has Africa in her heart all the time. She died on January 25th, 2017. May her soul rest in peace. Amen. Now that we're done with the commercials, DJ, play my song. I'm joking. So, let's delve into today's reviews proper. The novel, The Rape of Shavi, is um, something I like to call a novella. I used to, I prefer to call it a novella, but it's a novel anyway. I call it a novella because it is not completely... A novel because it does not really have developed characters so I find it difficult to call it a novel so I often place it in between a novel a novella a short story but it's not a short story it is far from a short story the rape of Shavi is an allegorical fable that is somewhat parable like yeah it tells the story of a people of a fictitious village Shavi who are quite timid. These people live in their own um, quiet settings in the way they know how best. It can be said that the people of Shavi are democratic in that they had this freedom of expression and speech and uh, everything else for, their, um, for the community members. <clears throat> it was not a crime for someone to speak her mind say what she wants to say even to the king and so i i would say that that is it makes them democratic so 
the people of Shavi are kind of democratic in nature. Anyways, the story begins with the king of Shavi, Patayon. I really don't know how to pronounce that name very well because Buchi tried to um, shield the particular place she was talking about or maybe she tried to fuse the entire African society in one place and so the names are not really clear to me. King Patayon was being chastised by the Council of Elders for failing to properly inform his first wife that he would be taking another wife, the night's one for that matter. It was while they were deliberating on this that a plane came crashing into their small village. It was an aircraft containing some Westerners who were trying to escape from a supposed impending nuclear destruction of the world. At this point, I really wondered what these people were up to. Like, how are you trying to um, escape from an impending nuclear destruction? How is that possible? If you think that the world is going to be destroyed and you're going to be suspended on air, won't you, like, would that be deceiving yourself? We're moving on. So, while the plane came crashing, the Queen Mother was already trying to you know let the king know that she was really angry with him for failing to properly inform her with a cow as the tradition demands before taking a new wife yeah at first the arrival of the westerners was unsettling for the people of little shavi as they could not quite decide if these creatures were humans or not the visitors too were beside themselves with fear that they had come upon savages. However, the Shavians, the people of Shavi, the Shavians, accepted their surprise visitors and gave them the best treatment they could afford. One thing about these people of Shavi is that they had they had an ugly history that they were trying so hard to uh, be different from. They were once slaves of a different kingdom altogether. And then Shavi, their founder, was courageous enough to bring them all the way to the desert of Shavi. And they stayed there. They grew their own crops and did their own thing. And the village grew. And so they were trying as much as possible to be fair to any kind of human, any kind of being that they come across. And it is not surprising that they would treat these Westerners with kindness because according to them, life is given by and so they must always treat everybody just fine, the way they want to be treated. And so they were nice people. However, among the Shavians, there was one person who did not find the coming of this westerners pleasing at all he was the chief priest anoko and he believed that these leprous looking creatures were up to no good and we would find out sooner or later if he was wrong or right some of the westerners the white people accepted the kindness of the shavians and behaved well while others believed that the people of shavi were definitely up to no good one of them runji who eventually rapes a maiden of Shavi after calling them savages. He ended up becoming the savage himself. How ironic. I think that guy is my he's not even least. 
actually hates his character. I hate it so much. After a long stay, the Westerners were able to fix their aircraft and ready to return to their land after they had, you know, mixed with the people of Shavi, gotten used to them, their foods, their way of life. Some of the white, white women there were really very comfortable but as as comfortable as they were home would still be home and they longed to get to their own homes and they were also skeptical about trying to you know change these people's way of life one of them uh they the doctor in their midst she was she felt that these people lived in ignorance but that their ignorance was better than her own people's exposure, Easter. So Easter really loved the people of Shavi, and maybe if they did not leave, if they did not fix their aircraft, she would have blended quite all right. Anyway, when it was time for them to leave, the people of Shavi prepared gifts for them in form of women. <laughs> I wonder why women have to be have to be the loots. Of everything it's so disturbing sometimes but all of this um, was not to be because it was discovered that the the prince wife to be had syphilis that she had contacted from Ronji during their clitorization exercise and because of this she could not marry the prince so the day did not end properly for everyone. In the middle of it all, as all of these things were going on, the prince of Shavi somehow smuggled himself into the aircraft of the white people as they were leaving. So on their way, they found that he was in their aircraft. Prior to all of this, the priestess of Shavi, alongside the queen mother and Ayoko's mom had gotten rid of Runje for raping their daughter. However, Ayoko did not want Runje's blood to be in the hands of her family. And so she freed him from the nets that they had set for him to die and urged him to run far, far away from there. I wonder how he ended up. He's one of my concerns. I really I was really more concerned about what Ayoko had, if it was syphilis or if it was HIV, since the novel recorded that she passed this disease to Ashoba and to his other wives, and they did not have children, none of them had children at all, and they died very early. Fast forward to um, when Ashoba was at the white people's place, he, ca- he came with them to their own hometown. And he could decipher from there that these people were just humans after all. The only thing is that they had different colors and they treated people differently. He came back with all of this orientation and he exploited his people in order to send industrial stones to the white folks. He also tried to start wars. With the neighboring villages and in all of this his greed and selfishness destroyed him alongside shavi however his brother later became king and swore that shavi has been raped before but shall never be raped again i just gave you a, um, a little summary of the book i did not delve into the book properly so you need to get it yourself 
Butchi Emma tried in so short a story to navigate a whole lot of themes and in doing this did not develop any character. So it is difficult to say who the dominant character is or who the flat character is. This is one of the reasons I say I place it in between a novel and a short story. So I, I prefer to call it a novella. Yeah. We can say that the people of Shavi were the dominant characters, but is it all of them? Emma Chota placed side by side good and bad parts of both the Westerners and the Shavians. And although she did not say this, it is very clear that Shavi represents Africa or Nigeria in particular. And not just any particular um, ethnic group, but a fusion of different ethnic groups in Nigeria. We see this in the names of the characters and in their greetings. One of their greetings is Messiere, and Messiere is a greeting of the Ibibio ethnic people. And so the names, there is also the, the people of Shavi also call, they called um, one of the Westerners Onishi. And Onishi is an Igbo word that means the head. So the people of Shavi were, were not from one particular ethnic group. There was a fusion of ethnic groups in Nigeria. That was one thing that I discovered in the book that is not so clear, but I saw it. The themes explored in this story sprawled from racism to civilization to child abuse to female genital mutilation to female marginalization. In everything explored in this book, I singled out one very important message that I think Buchi was trying to share with the world. And that is, the Africans and Westerners are humans, non-completely perfect and non-completely evil. And that Westernization may have brought so many good things to Africa. But with these good things also came the bad ones. Africa was as good as the Western countries, maybe not as developed, but she was evolving in her own pace and time. It cannot be said that Africa was in darkness before Westerners came because that would be forcing Westernization on Africa like Runji forced himself on Ayoko because he felt he was superior to her and should actually feel elated that he found her worthy of defilement despite knowing that he had infections. I hope this message is clear. I think this is the summary of everything that Gucci Emecheta tried to say in this book. And I hope that as you go out there, you will get your own copy of the book and you will read it. And if you want us to explore the themes in this book properly, do well to send me a message on adolisalistens at gmail.com spelled A-D-A-O-L-I-S a l i s t e n s at gmail.com leave me with your comments and i will attend to them you're still listening to the book Ray podcast and i am still your host adolisa see you next sunday